Well, good morning again. Glad that we get to be together. This morning we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you have your copy of God's Word, you can turn there with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. This morning we are beginning a two-week mini-series on the importance of Scripture. And we're doing this so that we can set a foundation for our all-church Bible reading plan that we will be doing um, beginning January 1st. Again, that is this Friday. The theme for this mini-series is actually our prayer for our church in this upcoming year. And our theme and our prayer is this. Father, sanctify us in your word. And this prayer comes from Jesus' prayer in John 17, 17, where Jesus himself prays for his disciples, and he prays, Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. And this is an amazing prayer um, where Jesus is making a bold declaration that God's word is truth, and he's praying for his disciples to be sanctified, or literally to be set apart for holy service to God. And so this is our prayer for our church in 2021, that we would come to know and to love God's word as the truth, and that God would sanctify us or set us apart for holy service to him in 2021. So this morning we're going to begin our series by looking at the reality that when God speaks, scripture speaks. And then next week we're going to conclude our series, Lord willing, by looking at uh, John seventeen seventeen, where Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. So this morning, we're going to look at the boldest declarations about scripture in all of the Bible, and this is found in 2 Timothy 3. So um, you can read along with me. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 3, uh, we're looking at verses 14 through 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. This is God's holy word that cannot and does not fail. <clears throat> now I want you to imagine for a moment that I had a huge treasure chest sitting right here and that it was overflowing with pearls and jewels and gold and sil silver and is worth millions and millions of dollars. And it's just sitting right here and you can have it. Would you want it? You can participate, it's okay. <laughs> yes, one person wants it. So I guess you get, Mama Ann, oh, yeah. Katie, you can have it too. All right, we got a few people. Um, but what if I told you that you can actually have something that is worth more than a million of those treasure chests? Would you want that? Yes, it's okay to... I, uh, I definitely welcome participation, so don't be shy. Yes, I think we would want it. 
Knowing God is worth more than a million treasure chests. Knowing God is the greatest treasure that this world has ever known. If you think about it, in a hundred years, the millions and millions of dollars of that treasure chest would be worth nothing to you. But knowing God will because knowing God will give you eternal life. We were made to know God. Knowing God is the highest goal that we can achieve in this life. And there is nothing that will bring us more joy or delight or contentment than knowing God. And if this is true, and I believe that it is, then we must ask a question. How do we know God? How do we know God? We only know God by the way that he reveals himself. For God to reveal himself means to make himself known. And when God makes himself known, we call this revelation. So this morning, when I use the word revelation, I'm not talking about the book in the Bible, Revelation. I'm talking about the idea or the concept of God making himself known. And God needs to make himself known to us because he is infinite. We can't begin to possibly understand him or know him unless he reveals himself to us. He has to decide how to reveal himself to us because we are finite and he is infinite. So God is inviting us into relationship with him and we can't relate with him without knowing him. And so how has God revealed himself? Now there are two ways that God has revealed himself and these are my two focuses or points for this sermon this morning. God has revealed himself in general revelation and special revelation. Now, don't worry, we're going to define these as we go along. So first point this morning, God has made himself known or God has revealed himself in general revelation. General revelation is God making himself known in his creation. All of the beauty in the world is a reflection of the beauty of God. When I enjoy the beauty of my wife's eyes or her smile, ultimately I enjoy it because it's God making himself known through her. Have any of you ever been to the Badlands? It's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. Why? Because it's God making himself known through his creation. Psalm 19 helps us better understand that. I'm going to have it on the slides, but if you want to turn with me to Psalm 19, we're going to spend a few minutes there. Psalm 19 in verse 1, the psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above declares the work of God's hands. Now here in this verse, the heavens and the sky above are referring to the same thing. Have you ever looked up at the sky and have just been amazed with its beauty? You see a fluffy cloud floating in the blue skyline. You see a sunrise with a brilliant array of colors. How about the sunset over the fall crops? It's just absolutely gorgeous. How about the stars on a clear night? Millions of them beaming and glowing in the dark night sky. Have you ever looked at the stars and just felt overwhelmed with a sense of amazement? 
That's because, as this passage is saying in Psalm 19, the sky is declaring and proclaiming the glory of God. To declare or proclaim something means to make it known. The sky is making God known. In other words, God is making himself known in his creation, which is called general revelation. Psalm 19 continues in verse 2, where the psalmist says, Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Day after day, and night after night, the sky is revealing knowledge about God. Notice the word revealing here. To reveal means to make something known. Every day and every night, God is making himself known through the sky. Again, we see God making himself known through his creation, which is called general revelation. Thank you, Josh. Psalmist continues, verse 3. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. What the sky is declaring about God is heard by everyone. There is not a single person in the history of the world who does not know something about God, because God has made himself known through his creation. But what has God made known in his creation? Romans 1 helps us out here. Romans 1, uh, you don't have to turn there, we'll have it on the screen, verses 19 through 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. The Apostle Paul is making a larger point that God has revealed himself in his creation, and therefore anyone who rejects God as God has no excuse. And so keep this in mind. If you reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you stand before the judgment seat of God, you will have no excuse because God has made himself known to you in his creation. God has made known his invisible characteristics and qualities, which are his eternal power and divine nature, which we get from Romans 1. We know from creation that God is eternally powerful. God has the power to create the entire universe by speaking it into existence. He hung every one of the billions of the stars in its exact spot. He sustains the sun so that it comes up every single morning. He fearfully and wonderfully created you. And it is by his power that your heart is beating right now without you even thinking about it. God is eternally powerful, and he has made this known in his creation. But we also know from creation that God has a divine nature. This means that we know from creation that there is a God. We know from creation that the creator has to be divine, as Paul is telling us. So we know from creation that God is eternally powerful and that God is divine. Because God has made himself known through his creation, which is called, anybody? General revelation. I want to continue by using an illustration that I got from Kevin DeYoung. And it's about a famous story with six blind men and an elephant. There are six blind men and they come up to an elephant and they're trying to find out what the elephant is. 
The first blind man put out his hand and he touched the side of the elephant. He said, how smooth, this must be a wall. The second blind man put up his hand and touched the trunk of the elephant. And he said, how round, this must be a snake. The third blind man reached out his hand and he touched the tusk of the elephant. And he said, how sharp, this must be a spear. The fourth blind man reached out his hand and touched the leg of the elephant. And he said, how tall, this must be a tree. The fifth blind man reached out his hand and he touched the ear of the elephant. And he said, how wide, this must be a fan. And the sixth blind man put out his hand and touched the tail of the elephant. And he said, how thin, this must be a rope. Now, the original author's point of the story is that we are all like blind men when it, comes to go, when it comes to God. We know a little bit about him, but we don't really know him. Everyone has their own perspective about God, and we are all equally right. We are just grasping in the dark when it comes to knowing God. And here's the thing. If all we had was general revelation, this is what we would be like. Because God's creation is so big and so amazing and so perfect that we are like blind men touching one part of the elephant. On our own, we are blind and unable to know God. But this whole story and analogy breaks down if the elephant speaks. What if the elephant says, Hey, I'm an elephant. What if the elephant says, hey, that's not a rope, that's my tail. That fan is really my ear, and that wall-like structure, that's actually my side. If the elephant tells the blind men who he is, then these blind men can know him. And in the same way, if God tells us who he is, then we can truly know him. And my friends... God has spoken. He has told us who he is. He has told us how we can know him. He has spoken to us in his word. When scripture speaks, God speaks. And when we listen to God speak, we will get to know him. We cannot truly know who God is with only general revelation. We cannot truly have a relationship with God with only general revelation. We need more. And thankfully, God has given us more. He has given us special revelation. He has given us his word, the scriptures. So God has revealed himself through general revelation and special revelation. General revelation is God making himself known through his creation. And second point this morning God has revealed himself through special revelation. So let's go back to our original question. How do we know God? We know about God through general revelation, but we know God through special revelation, which is God making himself and salvation known through his word. And the difference is huge. It's eternal. The difference is, I know things about Tom Brady. I know that he's won the Super Bowl six times. I know that he's won MVP three, uh, three times and that he's been to the Pro Bowl 14 times. 
I know things about him, but I don't know him. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I don't care about him. He doesn't care about me. And this is the same when it comes to general revelation and special revelation. We can know things about God through general revelation, but we can't know him through general revelation. We can only have a personal relationship with God through special revelation. Special revelation is God making himself and salvation known. And the mode of special revelation that we have today is the scriptures. Scripture is God's special revelation to us. And we need this special revelation for us to understand who God is in more detail. We need special revelation to understand who Christ is, what salvation is, and how to live a godly life. Without special revelation, we would not know the way to salvation. Without special revelation, we would not know Christ. Without special revelation, we would not grow because we wouldn't know how to. So let's go back full circle here to 2 Timothy 3 again, verses 14 through 17. I'm just going to read it again. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. This is Paul writing to Timothy, and he's saying that those sacred writings that you know and believe, they are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, in context, when Paul says sacred writings, he's referring to the Old Testament. But by implication for us today, this refers to all of the Bible. And Paul says that the Bible makes us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So how do we know about salvation? How do we know about this greatest treasure that this world has ever known? We know about it through Scripture. We know about this treasure through the Bible. The Bible tells us how we can be saved. Then Paul continues in verse 16, and he says, All of Scripture is breathed out by God. All of Scripture is breathed out by God. Not just the Old Testament, not just the New Testament, not just the red letters, not just your favorite verse. Every single word in every single book of the 66 books of the Bible is breathed out by God. So what does it mean that all of Scripture is breathed out by God? Think about the difference between breathing in and breathing out. Everybody take a deep breath in and out. Now, let's do that again, but this time, try to speak as you are breathing in. Go ahead. So, I am not a medical professional, but I don't think it's possible to speak and breathe in at the same time. Now, let's try it again, but this time, breathe out and try to speak. 
think the masks make it muffled. But I think it's possible to breathe out. The point is that every time we speak, we are breathing out. Every time Scripture speaks, every word of Scripture, God is breathing out. When Scripture speaks, God speaks. All of Scripture is God's own word. The Bible alone is the word of God, and it is to be believed as God's instruction in all that it affirms. It is to be obeyed as God's command in all that it requires. It is to be embraced as God's pledge in all that it promises. As Psalm 19 continues, God's word is to be desired more than gold. The word of God is more valuable than the most valuable resource on earth. Why? Because when Scripture speaks, God speaks. And when you listen to God speak, you get to know Him. We know God through Scripture. We know how to have a relationship with Him through His Word. And we were made to know God. Knowing God is the highest goal that we can achieve in this life. Knowing God is worth more than a million treasure chests. Knowing God is the eternal life that Jesus Christ gives us. Knowing God is the best thing in this life. There is nothing that will give us more joy or delight or contentment than knowing God. So what does it mean to know God? It means reading and listening to His Word. It means appreciating God for who He says He is in the Scriptures. It means accepting His invitations and doing what He commands in the Bible. It means celebrating the love that God has for you in Christ Jesus. To know God is to live as His beloved son or daughter. To know God is to be saved from God's wrath by Jesus. To know God is to be filled with the Holy Spirit to love God and to love others. And when we know God through diving into the riches of His Word, we will realize that the greatest part about knowing God is that God knows us. He knows every aspect of your heart and your life. He knows your greatest joy and your deepest sorrow. He knows your greatest sin, and yet He loves you so much that He has provided a way for forgiveness of your sin. And through Christ, God continues to love you by not wanting to keep you in your sin. He loves you so much that He wants to sanctify you by the power of His Spirit and His Word. He wants to transform you from one degree of glory to another. He wants to make you to be more like Christ. He wants to set you apart for holy use to Him. Oh, Father, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. So we know about God through His creation, and we know God through the Scriptures. And if knowing God is the greatest treasure in this universe, and we know God through His word then the application here is pretty simple. Read the Word. Know the Word. Love the Word. Live the Word. 
We have the greatest treasure so easily accessible to us, and yet we don't read it. By the way, if you're here and you don't have a Bible, we have many Bibles that we would love to give away. So just talk to me, and I'll get you a Bible. But we have God's Word at our fingertips, and yet we don't treasure it. The God of the universe wants to speak to you through His Word, and yet we're distracted by lesser things. There are many things that make it hard to read and meditate on God's Word. There are many reasons why God's Word is not the priority in our lives. Maybe it's because we're busy. Maybe we don't want to read God's Word. Maybe we don't think it's important. Maybe we just forget. Based on how you spend your time, what is more important to you than mining the riches of God's Word? There is nothing more important than diving into God's Word and knowing it. Because through God's Word, we get to know God. There's nothing more important than that. Not your job, not your hobby, not your favorite TV show, not your phone, not even your family. And this is why we as a church want to do an all-church Bible reading plan together. So that we together as a body of believers can dive into God's Word. So that we can grow together in knowing God. And so that we together can be sanctified or set apart for holy use for God. So as we enter 2021, and as you're thinking and praying about New Year's resolutions, let me challenge you to consider making reading and meditating on God's Word the most important resolution this year. Because when Scripture speaks, God speaks. And when we listen to God speak, we get to know Him. And there's no greater treasure on this earth than knowing God. Let's pray. Father, we praise you that you, in your infinite mercy, have decided to reveal yourself to us, both in the beauty of your creation and also through your word. Father, you want to speak to us in your word. And I pray, Father, that you give us a heart that loves your word, that treasures your word. We thank you that we have it so easily accessible. But Lord, I pray that we don't take that for granted. Speak to us through your word and sanctify us in your word, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.